This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, draft week is upon us. In a few nights, the NFL draft will kick off round one followed by night two with rounds two and three, and then day three, rounds four through seven. Here at Saturday Sunday, we continue to preview it. Tonight's episode, final rankings. These are rankings that have been in the fold since the summer when I put started putting together my 2023 draft rankings. And now final rankings, the week of the NFL draft. A lot to dig into uh, again, if you missed it, it was posted on Twitter. The final Saturday to Sunday premium notebooks wa- launched last week. It was the 2023 draft projections notebook. Tabs on every single player, offense and defense. A snapshot of how they win and some developmental areas on almost 400 players. Uh Ranked based on everything we are hearing, reading, and listening in terms of how we expect it to go off the board. Uh, Tabs for projecting the top 31, since there's only 31 picks in the first round this year. Projecting the top 102 picks, which are rounds 1 through 3. And then trying our best bet to project the top 259 people that will come off the board, uh, which make up rounds 1 through seven we've had a lot of success over the years last year i think we were 30 out of 32 in in round one uh and then it was like 86 percent in terms of one rounds one through three and then like 84 percent uh rounds one through seven if you have never purchased the notebooks we greatly consider you checking it out for $9.99. You get access to all three notebooks. You get the draft projections notebook that just dropped last week. will continue to be updated right up until minutes before the NFL draft kicks off as a guide of what we expect and what we think will happen. You get the rankings notebook. It has all our rankings and tiers in it. It'll have our dynasty rookie rankings updated each night of the NFL draft as well. It'll have positional dynasty rankings overall. Uh, updated after the NFL draft as well, which will take into account all of free agency and then all of the NFL draft to really, you know, kind of help people in their dynasty leagues or startup drafts. And then you get the scouting notebook, which has almost 100 detailed offensive skill profiles, which has strengths, functional areas, developmental areas, how they win, NFL role, uh, scheme fit and then a fantasy spin. So that's a that's our detailed scouting reports and almost a hundred offensive players. You get all three of them for nine ninety nine. If you've never checked it out, please consider purchasing it. It's the best way to help us and continue to do what we do here. If you've purchased it in the past, please consider purchasing it again. Uh, really important that uh, you know we continue to get those sales to help continue to do what we do here. So let's get right into it. Final rankings. For the 2023 NFL Draft, this has nothing to do with fantasy. This is just film analysis on these prospects. So let's kind of dig right in. There's been some changes since I did my rankings and tiers, you know, post-NFL Combine. But not a lot, but I figured we'd go through them. So let's start the quarterback position. 
Uh, I'll rattle them off. Number one, Bryce Young out of Alabama. Number two, CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. Number three, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Number four, Will Levis out of Kentucky. And number five, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. I'll, I'll share my rest in a second, but let's start there. For me, Bryce Young has never not been my number one quarterback. He was my number one quarterback last summer. He was my number one quarterback throughout the season. He's been been my number one quarterback in the entire pre-draft process. I know the size and frame are an outlier, but I think when you watch him play, his ability to solve problems, his ability to move around the pocket, the mental processing, you know, he's got that part Drew Brees style in him. If he's going to be a, a, an elite level quarterback, the next level, he's going to win similar to the way Drew Brees won. I think he moves around the pocket very Russell Wilson-esque. Russell Wilson had a better natural arm. But I think, you know, you, you talk about the movement ability of Russell Wilson inside the pocket and just outside the pocket and his rushing ability and then the ability to solve problems processing ball placement accuracy you know some Drew Brees caliber skill set there that's I think how Bryce Young will be successful at the next level CJ Stroud best in terms of ball placement and accuracy in this class we've talked at length about that Georgia game showed the ability for him to play off structure and make things happen, you know, when he's under pressure and handle pressure better and, and playing off structure and throwing on the run. And if that was a sign of things to come, I think that would that would, that would bode well for C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson, I've gone on record saying he's got the highest ceiling. He's part Cam Newton. He's part Lamar Jackson. I think there's refinement in his game. But I also don't think he's a project. I think he's got to get on the football field. I think there there's times he shows ability to work progressions he shows the ability to throw with touch he, he he shows good decision making at times so for me it's just about reps and experience but I think he has the ability to continue to refine his passing skills and then you add the literal unicorn type athleticism elite level athleticism I think the ceiling is the highest for Anthony Richardson he would be the guy that I would really be pounding the table for if I needed somebody in the top five if you're talking fantasy, I don't see any way he's not the first quarterback taken in any dynasty rookie drafts in terms of this draft class. Like he should be, and I don't even think it should be particularly close. Will Levis and Hendon Hooker to round out my top five. Listen, we know where that stands. Will Levis, we see the good, we see the bad. We, to me, Jay Cutler, Carson Wentz are the guys that keep coming to mind when I when I think about Will Levis. Uh, there's He's got the arm talent, he's got the size, he's got the frame. It's just the inconsistency. And then Hendon Hooker, you know, the age, coming off the injury, uh, but he's one of the best vertical throwers, maybe the best vertical thrower in this entire draft class, you know, in terms of his running capabilities. But pre-injury, to me, there was very much a Dante Culpepper feel to his game. Uh, so so I'm a fan of Hendon Hooker. I think he's an intriguing day two type quarterback prospect somewhere in round two. If I keep this going, number six was Jerron Hall out of BYU. Number seven is Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. Number eight is Tanner McGee out of Stanford. Number nine is Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. Number 10 is Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Number 11 is Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. Number 12 is Clayton Toon out of Houston. Number 13 is Malik Cunningham out of Louisville. Number 14 is Max Dugan out of TCU. And number 15 is Tyson Badgett out of Shepard. Jerron Hall... I think there's the discount version of Bryce Young, the day three version of Bryce Young, or the discount version of Russell Wilson. I think Jerron Hall's got a pretty good arm. I think he's got some dual capabilities. I like his ability to to play 
off structure to make throws on the run. I think he's he can throw a touch in anticipation. So I like Jaron Hall as an interesting day three type flyer. I got maybe can develop into a backup quarterback. Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think, offers the maybe the biggest intriguing skill set in terms of the arm talent, the athleticism. He started a lot of games, so he's got a lot of experience under his belt. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. Tanner McGee, if you're looking for a traditional pocket passing quarterback, he's got some arm talent. He's got the ability to throw with touch and anticipation. For him, it's it's you know, he's not gonna do much moving around the pocket. At times it could be a little bit of a statue back there. And then Jake Hayner's get generating a lot of buzz to be maybe this year's you know, uh, you know, Brock Purdy type guy. Like he is a guy who I think checks off a lot of the mental processing, the intangibles, uh, average arm talent, a little bit average to above average athleticism. But I think Jake Hayner's got a real chance to go somewhere in round four, round five, and be a backup quarterback that has a long, successful career in the next level. You know, so it would be interesting. I think, you know, he's a guy that might come off the board higher than some of my other guys I have ranked here. But in terms of what I think, in terms of guys who could develop into starters, I like the other guys a little bit more in terms of guys who have a little bit higher ceiling. But I think Jay Kaner's floor is a little bit safer. And then Aiden O'Connell, another guy who I think when the year started, some people thought he might be a guy that can push his way to day two, you know. He's going to be more of a date for guy, but he's he's got a skill set that I think is draftable. And same thing with Stetson Bennett, even Clayton Toon. Uh, I think there's about 11 or 12 guys who are going to get drafted. I, I could see about 12 quarterbacks getting drafted in this draft class and then a couple priority free agents that, that are intriguing, you know, maybe like Willie Cunningham, Max Dugan, Tyson Badgen. I could see those guys being high-priority free agents and then see if they can make an NFL roster from that. If we take this over to the running backs, number one, B. John Robinson out of Texas. Number two, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Number three, Devin A. Chain out of Texas A&M. Number four, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Number five, Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. Number six, Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Number seven, Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Number eight, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Number nine, Israel Abaconda out of Pittsburgh. Number 10, Kendra Miller out of TCU. Number 11, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Number 12, Chase Brown out of Illinois. Number 13, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Number 14, Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Number 15, Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. Not a lot of changes here since I did my tier buster shows. Uh, Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, you know, Bijan's the best running back prospect since Saquon for, for me here in terms of evaluating it Saturday Sunday. To me, Jameer Gibbs, I will continue to say, is Austin Eckler 2.0. I I get the Alvin Kamara usage, but the size just doesn't work. I, I'm surprised we haven't had more comps to a guy like Austin Eckler. I think that's who Jameer Gibbs profiles as an elite receiver, really good athletic tester, a guy that a team's not going to want to be the bell cow in terms of running usage, but a guy who could easily be a 16-18 touch player game very much like Austin Eckler. Uh, Devin A-Chain, while he may be slipping a little bit in the NFL eyes, to me he's still the my RB3, the big play, the explosive ability. I think he showed this year that he's tougher and more physical than people give him credit for, even at his size. You know, if we look back in a couple of years and he morphed into a career similar to Chris Johnson, I wouldn't be stunned. I think he can be more than just like a bit player if, if some people are worried about that. I think Tank Bigsby is maybe the most underrated running back in this class. I think if he played in a different setup, I think at Auburn he was asked to do a lot behind a very poor offensive line. And I think he made it look 
made his stats look worse, made him look worse at times, maybe questioned his decision-making, but I think he was trying to often do too much behind that line. But I like the combination of power, burst, acceleration, speed. I think Tank Bigsby, you know, big-time recruit, him and B. John came in, and there was a lot of buzz their first their freshman year about who was going to be the better, you know, collegiate running back, better NFL prospect. And I always liked B. John a little bit more, but I always thought Tank was pretty close. Obviously, now the gap in terms of their NFL draft prospect, you know, is pretty wide. But I think Tank Bigsby somewhere on day two makes a lot of sense. If he doesn't go on day two, he's going to be a steal somewhere on in the top around four. Ty J. Spears, explosive, quick. Uh, Jitterbug type guy, make you miss. You know, the big concern with him is injury concerns. I think it's going to have him slide a little bit in the NFL draft. You know, but for me, I think in terms of a guy who offers big playability, pass catching ability, those are the guys that I usually gravitate towards. You know, on the film alone, if you take the injury concerns out of it, you know, I I look at Ty J. Spears as a top five back in this class. Roshan Johnson, I think if he wasn't playing behind B. John Robinson, would have been a star in college. I, I've comped it very much to Ramondre Stevenson being a really good NFL player and was a bit player in college. I think I think Roshan's going to go somewhere on day two. I like his versatile skill set to play on all three downs. Uh, I really like what he brings to the table. Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, formerly TCU. Listen, I know some people are down on him, but but the burst, the acceleration, the explosion, I think it's there. Uh, he's got good size. I, I think he runs strong. I think he can kick it to the outside and be a threat, you know, on the perimeter, but also run tough inside. I really like his game. Eric Gray, I've been a fan of his since Tennessee. I think he's got three-down capabilities. Maybe he doesn't have a great calling card or a great skill set, but I think he's above average to, to good and, and very good when it comes to the pass catching stuff. So across the board, I think Eric Gray's a very solid player, can play on all three downs. I think he his play speed and his play athleticism is better than maybe his time stuff. So I really like Eric Gray. I think he's going to be good value somewhere on day three. And, and Israel Abaconda and Kendra Miller, I mean, Abaconda, if you're looking for that outside home run threat, you know, that's Abaconda. I think, you know, he's just scratching the surface. There's some running back instinct stuff, vision, patience that, that I still think needs some development or refinement. But big playability. Uh, you can put him in an outside zone type scheme. Think San Francisco, think Miami, and I think Abaconda could be a superstar. And then Kendra Miller at 10, you know, another guy who plays like he's a 205-pound back, but he's a bigger back than that, but he plays he plays like a smaller back. Uh, really quick feet. I like his ability to make people miss, but he also could run with power. I, I really like Kendra Miller. I think the NFL is higher on Kendra Miller than I even am. I, I could see Kendra Miller being the fourth or fifth running back taken in this class. Uh, for me, he's at number 10. But but I like these running backs a lot. To me, after the top three guys for me, B. John, Gibbs, and A-Chain, I think three through 11, uh, four through 11 can really be ranked in any order. The margin between those guys is razor thin. Uh, and that's why when someone sees a guy like Zach Charbonnet at 11 for me, I think he needs build-up speed. I think he's a little bit more scheme, uh, scheme independent. Like I, I mean, scheme dependent. I think he needs to be in a power gap run scheme. He's got to get his legs going. I think he's he needs time to build up speed. I think if he played behind a poor offensive line, if he played on a team that's looking to get to the perimeter a lot, I think. He, I think he if he doesn't have that runway and that alley to build up, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna find some difficulty. Uh I think he belongs in the in the round three mix for sure. Uh I think he's a better prospect than Brian Robinson. I like him a little bit more than Damian Pierce last year, Zamir White, those guys. 
But I think in this draft class, the other guys have, to me, more in the 10 guys above, more intriguing skill set, either a more versatile skill set. I don't think Zach Charbonnet is going to be a pass catcher at the next level. I don't think he's going to be a bell cow at the next level. I think people are overvaluing his pass catching skills. I think people, I think the NFL is going to look at him and like him. I don't know if they're going to love him. So I think he'll be the third, fourth, or fifth running back taken, but I don't think he's going to go in and be a workhorse. I think a team's going to have. A committee, I think they're going to have more of a uh, athletic, pass-catching type guy, uh, a guy who can make people miss, get to the perimeter, stuff like that. So I, I think Charbonnet will be drafted to be more of an early down, between the tackles, goal line type runner, and then mixed in with somebody else who offers a little bit more juice, a little bit more making miss ability, a little bit more pass-catching ability, and explosiveness in the open field. I think his his pass-catching was mostly a product of the of the offense. I think he'd be a check-down guy just fine. I just don't think the NFL is going to look at him as a three-down back. Uh, Chase Brown, really good athletic tester, uh, really strong year this year, another guy who could be a home run threat, especially out on the perimeter, tough physical runner as well. Sean Tucker, linear explosiveness, straight line speed, good athlete, but again, not a guy who's going to make you miss a little bit. Uh, had a little bit of a down year. Dwayne McBride, he's another guy very similar to Eric Gray. I don't think he's got a elite quality or great quality, but I think just about everything is above average, good, or very good. So I think he's another guy early on day three, really intriguing player. We don't know anything about his receiving capabilities. That's the one question. Just we didn't see him do anything. So is he just an early down runner? That obviously hurts his value a little bit. And then Kenny McIntosh at 15, maybe one of the best Pass catching running backs in this draft class, but really tested out poorly, uh, even worse than I expected him to. I never thought he was going to be like this change of pace guy. I was just surprised to see how unathletic the testing was. So I think it's going to hurt his value, but I think as a pass catcher, still really intriguing there. If we take this to the rest of my running back list, 16 was Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. 17 was Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina. 18 was Evan Hull out of Northwestern. 19 was Travis Dye out of USC. 20 was Muhammad Ibrahim out of Minnesota. 21 was Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky. 22 was Daneric Prince out of Tulsa. 23 was Tion Evans out of Louisville. 24 is Say Roderick Thompson out of Texas Tech. 25 is Tavion Thomas out of Utah. 26 is Cameron Peoples out of App State. This group here, the guys that intrigue me the most are, are towards the top of, the, of this. 16, Deuce Vaughn. Again, I know the size and the frame are concerns, but I still like the player. Uh... I think there's a role for him as a space player, change of pace guy, kick slash punt returner, and pass catcher. I like his game. I'm intrigued by him. Very similar to Keaton Mitchell, another undersized guy, but explosiveness, good pass catcher, make you miss. I like both of those guys somewhere on day three. Evan Hall, one of the better pass catching running backs in the class, but offers more size than the two guys we just talked about. He's got quickness. He can make you miss. Uh, Evan Hall's a really intriguing prospect that's going to come off the board somewhere on round five or round six. Travis Dye at a USC. I've been a fan of his game. I, I really liked him in the summer. Very similar to these guys, like Deuce Von Keaton Mitchell. I think he could be a weapon in the pass game, change of pace guy. I'm intrigued by him. And then Muhammad Ibrahim and Chris Rodriguez, I'll, I'll just finish off with those two. You know, if Ibrahim doesn't get injured, he might be a round three type guy. Now he's more of a round five, round six, but really tough physical Runner, you know, gets downhill fast. Think about how James Robinson had a really successful start to his career at Jacksonville. 
You know, I think Muhammad Ibrahim's got some of those qualities about him, just really good vision, good run instincts, you know, good pad level, runs with good contact balance. That's Ibrahim. And then Chris Rodriguez, you know, if you love Zach Charbonnet and you think Zach Charbonnet's a, you know, a second-round talent, I'm not sure how you don't think Chris Rodriguez is at least a third- or a fourth-round talent. I don't think the gap between those guys is that wide. I think, you know, Charbonnet played in a better scheme with a better offensive line. But, you know, but I think Chris Rodriguez offers a lot of the same qualities. Tough, powerful, physical, breaks tackles, good leg drive, you know, runs with power. You know, I, I think Rodriguez offers a lot of those same qualities as well. So that is my running back rankings. If we take this over to the pass catchers, let's start with the tight ends first. Okay, number one for me is Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Number two is Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Number three is Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Number four is Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Number five is Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Number six is Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. Number seven is Luke Schoonmaker uh, out of Michigan. Number eight is Brenton Strange out of Penn State. Number nine is Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Number 10 is Cameron Latou out of Alabama. Number 11 is Davis Allen out of Clemson. Number 12 is Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Number 13 is Will Mallory out of Miami. Number 14 is Payne Durham out of Purdue. And last in my ranks, number 15 is Brayden Willis out of Oklahoma. I think the top four is is razor thin in terms of I have them on my draft eligible offensive skill player big board from 10 to 13, all one after the other. I have Musgrave the highest because I think he's got the highest ceiling. I've gone on record. I think the people who say he can't block or doesn't want to block, I, I don't think they're watching the right film, to be honest with you. I, I you know, I... I I, I went back and, and watched some more. I think he could hold up as a blocker, and I think he could only become a better blocker. You know, like, and, and to me, he's got the, the best capability in terms of both pass catching uh, and blocking to be a complete tight end in this class, to play in line, to play detached, to move him around, do different things with him. I think Musgrave, like I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it, if he hits his ceiling in a couple years, I think he could be a George Kittle-like prospect. I think the athletic ability, the ability to attack the seam, uh, his run-after-catch ability, I just think that athletic profile checks a lot of boxes. I think he would have had the production profile this year if he doesn't get hurt. Uh, I think he's still coming into his own as a blocker, but I think he's got the the the, the size for it. I think he I think the frame is is okay and continue to develop. Uh, I like Musgrave a lot. Number two, Dalton Kincaid. Listen, I, I like Dalton Kincaid. I think he's a good to very good prospect. I'm surprised he's this slam dunk first round guy. I wonder if that's more a product of of the class than him. We've seen tight ends, pass catching only tight ends, usually have a much different athletic profile than Dalton Kincaid. Now we don't have a, and we don't even have a true profile on Dalton Kincaid because he's been unable to test, but I don't think anybody thought he was going to test that as an elite athlete. He wasn't going to test out like Kyle Pitts. He wasn't going to test out like Evan Ingram or David Njoku. So, you know, I'm surprised that he's such a slam dunk. We usually see pass catching only tight end prospects, you know, have a special athletic profile to go in the top 20 of the NFL draft where I think Dalton Kincaid is going. Number three, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame. Listen, I don't think he's TJ Hawkinson. But do I think he's Pat Fryermuth like? Yeah, I do. I think he's gonna be I think he's very good at the catch point. I think he creates late separation. I think he's got ball skills. He's got length. He I think he's an average blocker. I don't think he's better than average, but he's he's a guy who can line up in line, line up detached, 
Uh, going to be a red zone weapon with those ball skills. Creates that late separation that I love. Uh, I just don't think he's a guy who's ever going to run your offense through. I don't think he's ever going to be a number one, maybe even not a number two focal point of a pass offense, but definitely not a number one type where we see Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I think maybe people thought a couple years ago that that was Michael Mayer. I, I don't think he's got that kind of ceiling in him, especially with the concerns about creating separation based on his speed and quickness. Uh, Darnell Washington, listen, we know he's a freak, you know, in terms of his athletic ability, his size, uh, his length. You know, he's a guy who's he's basically having another offensive lineman out there, but then he also has his pass catching abilities. It's It'll be interesting to see how high he goes and what the plans are for him, but he's a guy who if he played in a different offense or he played in a different – you know, different depth chart without Brock Bowers there, you know, we might have seen him get a lot more opportunities and we'd have less question marks about what is his true ceiling as a pass catcher. But we know when he was asked to be a weapon in the passing game, he was. His yards per, you know, catch, so many metrics show him as a very efficient, productive player. And if we extrapolate that out, would he have would he have had that level of success with more opportunities? I think the answer probably is yes. So I think all four of those guys, you can really shuffle them up and, and make any order you want. I kind of went highest ceiling to, you know, Musgrave with what number one for me. And then one Kincaid, May, or Washington. But you could easily flip that up. Sam LaPorter and Tucker Crafts, Tucker Crafts, who made up my 5-6, really like those guys. I think Sam LaPorter and Tucker Craft, you know, in some draft classes could be the top two tight ends. and would be, you know, a decent class, right? I think you look at Laporta and Kraft, and I think I like those two guys maybe more than the first two tight ends that came off the board last year. You know, so those guys would make it a really deep class. And then Shoemaker and, and Brenton Strange really stretched this out to eight. I mean, all of those guys, like Tucker Kraft, great size, great frame. He's got athleticism. He's got blocking ability. I know he dominated at a lower level of competition, but I like him. Laporta at Iowa did a lot of different things. The athleticism, you know, very tough, ferocious type player. Gives his all in terms of his blocking. A lot to like about Laporta. You know, Luke Shoemaker started the year, you know, behind... Eric Hall, and most people thought he was just a blocking tight end, and he's kind of morphed into a more complete tight end now, uh, one of the best blockers at the position, but then also now a functional pass catcher as well. And then Brendan Strange, he's kind of like the guy, like I mentioned before, at the running back position, you know, like when I mentioned, you know, a guy who's not great at anything, but is above average to good at everything. That's pretty much Brenton Strange. He plays a really tough physicality, so he gives a good effort blocking, but he's he's got above average to good pass catching skills. A lot to like about Brenton Strange. Zach Koontz, you know, elite level athletic tester. I think he's going to be really interesting. Formerly started at Penn State, so you're talking about a guy who's highly regarded. You know, so I, I got like Zach Koontz, really intriguing prospect somewhere on day three of the NFL draft. Cameron Latou, Davis Allen, I think these guys can be borderline starting NFL caliber tight ends. Latou, more of the smaller, quicker, faster pass catcher type. Davis Allen, more of a guy who's going to win with size, physicality, red zone weapon, good blocker. Josh Wiley, you know, a taller, leaner guy, but a good pass catcher himself. Will Mallory, another really strong pass catcher. And then Payne Dorham, a guy who just really produced this year. Not going to be a guy who creates with quickness and separation that way but a really tough physical player good blocker and just finds ways to get open knows how to understands how to you know find the soft spot in zones wins at the catch point with toughness and physicality liked a lot about Payne Dorham all the way down there as my tight end 14 so I, I don't think it's a 
elite class at the top. Like, I don't think there's a Kyle Pitts, you know, in this class. But I do think the depth of this tight end class is the best we've ever seen. We got four guys who are borderline round one, late round one, early round two prospects. We got more for round two. We got some for round three. I think we got eight guys who have a really good chance to start in the NFL and maybe even some more down the line as well. And let's round this out with the wide receiver position. Uh, I'll break this into groups here. Let's start with my top 10. Number one is Jackson Smith Najibia out of Ohio State. Number two is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Number three is Josh Downs out of UNC. Number four is Jordan Addison out of USC. Number five is Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Number six is Quinton Johnson out of TCU. Number seven is Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Number eight is Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. Number nine is Tank Dell out of Houston. And number 10 is Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. I have not moved off of Jackson Smith Najigba since the summer. He is he won and dominated college football the way Cooper Cup won and dominated at the NFL level. To me, that's the best prototype in terms of comp, in terms of what he might be at the next level. Uh... Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, and Jordan Addison. To me, all profile best as vertical slot players. I do think Flowers and Addison have the capability to play on the outside. Uh, I think Josh Downs is more of a slot only. But the funny thing is, between those three guys, Josh Downs wins the most at the catch point in terms of contested catches, in terms of going up and winning it, uh, even at his size and frame. I think that's what makes Josh Downs. He's a really natural mover. He's got quick, explosive traits. But he's also very good at the catch point, which is why I like him a little bit more than Jordan Addison. But the reason why I have Zay Flowers over Josh Downs is slowly because I think Flowers has shown enough ability at the college game to win outside. So I think he's got that more inside-outside versatility than Josh Downs, and he tested out as a you know, better athlete than Downs as well. So that's why Flowers, for me, I think best one of the best route runners in the class after Jackson Smith and the Jigba uh, and Jordan Addison. So he's he's a really good route runner. He's got speed. He's got explosiveness. He's got inside-outside versatility. That's why he's at number two. Downs at number three. I love the ball skills, even at his size, uh, the effort, the willingness to go up and win at the catch point for a smaller guy. Uh, really natural mover. Liked a lot about Downs. And Jordan Addison, listen, I think his play speed is faster than his time speed. I think his athleticism, when you watch him play, looks a lot better than how he tested out. Uh, but there are some concerns. But I do think he's got he's a really good route runner, and I think that route running prowess is what is going to make him be an inside-outside piece, even though his size, frame, and athletic makeup basically scream slot only. I think he's got some uh, outside capabilities as well. Uh, I just I moved them down behind Flowers and Downs just because I think they were so closely uh, rated and then when I when I tried to find something that differentiates them, Downs' ball skills at the catch point is what differentiated him to Addison, and then Flowers to Addison was the was the athletic profile. Uh, so it, it was razor mar uh, razor thin margin between my two and four there. Uh, so I was looking for things to break ties, you know, and and part of it was at the catch point between Downs and Addison, and then the athletic testing between Flowers and Addison. Jalen Hyatt, listen, I think. I have less concerns about him being an impactful player. I think he's part Deshaun Jackson, part, you know, Will Fuller. I think he's going to be a vertical threat. I think he's going to change the way teams play uh, on defense. I think there's more to him after the catch than we saw at Tennessee. I think with the right coaching staff, they would maximize that a little bit more than Tennessee did. 
Uh, Quinton Johnston is is the biggest, one of the more polarizing players in this whole class, and I think as much of an enigma as as we've seen, to be honest with you, because he's got this great size and frame, but he doesn't really play up to it. He he plays a little, to be honest with you, a little soft at the catch point. We don't see him dominate and use that size and, and freakish athleticism on a more regular, consistent basis. He's great after the catch. You don't see guys move the way he does at his size and frame. But, you know, a guy that size and frame, I think NFL teams want to see him play up to that size and frame. He's also... You know, got some refinement in terms of his route running. And I also think that drops are a little bit of an issue. So a lot of people have him at one, two, or three. For me, he's number six. I'd be more comfortable with him early second than than late round one. But we'll see, you know, how it plays out. Marvin Mims, Tyler Scott, Tank Dell, my seven through nine there. This is why I, I like the guy's like Flowers, Downs, and Addison, but I'm not sure there's a massive drop down to Mim, Scott, and Dell compared to Flowers, Downs, and Addison, and you're going to get them, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to get them a full round later probably, and I think that's what makes this a really interesting draft class. I, I'm not certain that Flowers, Downs, and Addison are going to be better NFL pros than Mim, Scott, or Tank Dell. I think the margin is like 60-40, and you know, when I was on the Harris Football Podcast last week, I said like, those guys are like Downs and Addison and Flowers, Flowers and Addison in particular are probably going to go in like the top six picks of rookie drafts. And then like a round later, somewhere in the like mid-second or late second, you're going to see guys like Marvin Mims, Tyler Scott, and Tank Dell come off the board. And I'm not sure there, there's this wide difference in terms of who's going to be better players between them. I think it's much closer than we usually see uh, in terms of you know perceived value you know, before the NFL draft. I like Marvin Mims. I think he's got some inside out versatility. Uh, 5'11", shows up, he can go up and get it. He, he, you know, struggled a little bit at Oklahoma with inconsistency on the offense and quarterback play, but he was able to overcome it and still have a productive season. I really like Marvin Mims. I think he's being slept on a lot. Tyler Scott, you know, I think he's a vertical slot. Reminds me a lot of Tyler Lockett. I think he's got some inside outside versatility too. Tank Dell, I know he's an outlier, but I mean, he can't be guarded. He he just, it's so hard to stay with him. The separation ability is elite. Uh, the in and out of breaks, the movement skills, you know, it's all elite level characteristics. I think someone's going to get a steal whenever Tank Dell goes because he's going to fall a little bit because of the concerns. And if he ends up in the right offense, the right scheme, and they know how to use him, he, I think he's got. I think he's got. He's going to be a big time offensive weapon. And then Cedric Tillman of Tennessee. If you're looking for more of that size, athletic guy, I know when David Syverson was on, you know he he mentioned. Uh, you know, how much he liked him. I think he's got some Mike Williams in his game, but a little bit better athleticism. I think he's got some Hakeem Nicks in his game. Strong hands, tough, physical player. You know, you go back and watch his 2021 film when he was fully healthy and you see what he does against Alabama. You see what he does against Georgia. And, and I think it shows you what type of upside he has. So I really like Cedric Tillman. You know, I think he, you know, all my top 10 guys, I'd be comfortable drafting all 10 of those guys in the first two rounds. I just don't think there's any you know, elite players after Jackson Smith and the Jigba. So I think it's more like late round one through round two. There could just be like this surplus. And we know all these guys are not going to go in that range. So some of these guys are for sure going to fall to round three. Let me keep this going and give my next uh, 10 here. Number 10, uh, Jonathan Mingo out of Mississippi. Number 12, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Number 13, A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Number 14, Rishi Rice out of SMU. Number 15, Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Number 16, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. Number 17, Keishon Booty out of LSU. 
Uh, number 18, Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Number 19, Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State. And number 20, Parker Washington out of Penn State. The guys I like most in this, ten group of 10, obviously 11 and 12. But those are the guys I also think could have higher ceilings. John Domingo out of Mississippi. The size, the frame is checks off a lot of boxes. The toughness and physicality. I think this is a guy who's got inside, outside versatility. You can do a lot of things after the catch with him. Uh, the size and frame and the physicality. You see some Debo. You see some A.G. Brown. I'm not gonna. I love those guys. A.G. Brown is my number one wide receiver. I'm not gonna sit here and say John. I like that comp of John Domingo. I get why people are saying it. The size and the frame, the physicality and the toughness. But I, I, I don't see the ceiling of an A.J. Brown or a Debo. But I get what they're saying. He's a guy who's versatile. You can do some of the Debo stuff with Jonathan Mingo. Some of the ways A.J. Brown wins. You can, you could see Jonathan Mingo winning like that. But but to me, you know, he's not at the talent of those guys, but he's an intriguing player, generating a lot of buzz. I think he's got a real shot to come off the board in round two. So he's gonna have some pretty good draft capital. So I like John Domingo. I, I just I like the, the, the complete package that he brings, the inside outside versatility at the catch point, uh yak ability, rack ability, especially with his toughness and physicality. And Jaden Reed, I just think he's another one of those guys. Not great at anything, but I just think above average to good at pretty much everything. He's quick his movement skills, his route running, uh, his footwork, his in and out of breaks, his releases. I, I like everything about Jaden Reed. Uh, similar to Cedric Tillman, to me, you got to go back to the 2021 film to see the best of Jaden Reed. Michigan State's offense really struggled. Uh, if you want more of a traditional outside receiver, there's not a lot of them, right? You have Cedric Tillman, and then I think the next guy up who's that real traditional outside X, because I think Quinton Johnson's a little bit of a mystery, is A.T. Perry at Wake Forest. His ability to win vertically down the field, uh, his ball skills, his ball tracking. Uh, I think A.T. Perry is a guy who's going to come off the board probably somewhere early day three because it's a weaker class. But I think if you're looking for some size and some outside capabilities, the ability to stretch the field vertically in terms of like a bigger guy and not just a speedster, I think A.T. Perry would be the guy uh, that I'm looking for. Rishi Rice out of SMU, really good contested catch guy. Uh, I think separation is okay. I I think the speed and the athleticism is solid. Uh, but But to me, he's a guy who... The ability at the catch point is what makes Rishi Rice stand out. And then you combine that with his production at times this year uh, and his athletic package. I, I think Rishi Rice is another intri- intriguing late round three, early round four guy. Charlie Jones, really prolific vertical slot type guy. Tested out way better athletically than anybody expected. Uh, so he's another guy in and out of breaks fast. Good route runner. I think he's a guy who could be a starting slot wide receiver with the ability to get vertical and do other stuff after the catch as well and like manufacture touch stuff. I think he could be interested in that regards. Another guy like that is Trey Palmer, former five-star recruit. Uh, another guy who I think's got some inside-outside versatility. He could be a vertical slot. He can play on the outside. You could do manufactured touches with him. You to me, Trey Palmer's got refinement. He did a lot of route refinement needed, expand the route tree. But the athleticism, you know, is high level. His ability to get vertical, uh, things you can use him in terms of being a weapon after the catch. Uh, and in manufa- manufacture touches in the run game as well. Offer him an intriguing skill set in terms of a guy who can be used as an offensive weapon in a variety of ways. Keishon Booty at 17, stunning the seam down there. You know, but I think... We kind of were 
we kind of believe the wrong things about Keishan Booty and, misled, and we're misled slightly. He doesn't have great size. He's not this great athlete. But I still think he's a functional player, a guy who probably the next level is going to be a slot, maybe a flanker. But I still think there's ball skills there. I still think there's uh, the ability to adjust. I, I, I like there's still aspects of his game that I like that I think there's a path where he can be around four pick and still be a functional player at the next level, maybe just not that star that we thought. Michael Wilson, uh, Xavier Hutchin, two guys who offer a little bit more size. Both of them are pretty good route runners for their size. Michael Wilson, uh, if he doesn't get hurt, might have been a guy much higher, you know, on this list if he had stayed healthy throughout his collegiate career. But he's a, he's a core top level special teamer, offer size, good frame, good athleticism, good route runner. Michael Wilson's a guy probably early round three is going to come off the board and, and be a guy that you know a quarterback really looks to in terms of that safety valve. I think Michael Wilson can be that. Xavier Hutchinson, uh, for a bigger guy, he's got some good footwork in terms of his route running. I still got some separation concern abilities. That's why he's a little bit further down the list for me. But I think he's a smart player. I think he's got good instincts, uh, good understanding of route concepts. Uh, but I, I I always usually gravitate more towards quicker, faster, separator. So that's why Hutchinson a little further down the list. Parker Washington, a really interesting player, you know, he, to me, is like 75% Jarvis Landry. He's got a unique body type for being a slot guy. Uh, he wins with his physicality, toughness, uh, very similar to, I think, how Jarvis Landry did. I think I think Jarvis Landry was a better player coming out, but I think that's how Parker Washington kind of wins in, in that regard. He's going to be a guy using the slot, but more of not a quickness guy to create separation, but more a smart player who uses his play strength, physicality, and toughness to create separation that way. But he's got really good ball skills, uh, his ability to adjust, make you know acrobatic catches. Parker Washington uh, has a highlight reel full of them. Let me just kind of rattle through the rest of my wide receiver ranks, and I'll pick a couple that stand out because I go all the way to 45 here. Uh, number one, uh, number one, 21 is Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati. Number 22 is Rakeem Jarrett out of Maryland. Number 23 is Bryce Ford Whedon out of West Virginia. Number 24 is Andrea Isofis out of Pinson. Number 5 is Elijah Higgins out of Stanford, who could be a move tight end to. Number 26 is Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia. C.J. Johnson out of East Carolina is 27. 28 is Justin Shorter out of Florida. 29 is Dante Demas out of Maryland. 30 is Demario Douglas out of Liberty. 31 is Darius Davis out of TCU. Number 32 is Grant DuBose out of Charlotte. Number 33 is Matt Landers out of Arkansas. Number 34 is Michael Jefferson out of Louisiana Lafayette. 35 is Jacob Copeland out of Maryland. 36 is Jalen Wayne out of South Alabama. 37 is Puka Nakua out of BYU. Number 38 is Ronnie Bell out of Michigan. Number 39 is Jalen Moreno Cropper out of Fresno State. 40 is Jason Brownlee out of Southern Mississippi. 41 is Antoine Green out of UNC. 42 is Joseph Nagata out of Clemson. 43 is Jadon Hasselwood out of Arkansas. 44 is Jake Bobo out of UCLA, and 45 is Kyrus Jackson out of Georgia. A couple guys that really intrigue me from this. I can't quit myself on Rakeem Jarrett, the former five-star recruit. Before the year started, he was in most people's top eight, top tens. I think he still offers an intriguing skill set as a guy who can win at all three levels of the field. He can get vertical. He can be used on things uh, after the catch, manufactured touches. I still... Uh, I'm believing that Rakeem Jarrett could have a better NFL career than collegiate career. 
Bryce Ford Whedon, if you're looking for that explosive vertical threat down the field, that's where Bryce Ford Whedon comes into play. Definitely some ball tracking and development and refinement. And I think the same thing can be said about Andrea Isosovis out of Princeton. Uh, same thing as Bryce Ford Whedon, right? Him and Isovis offer that big playability, stretch the field, offer that tactical value, but there's a lot of refinement uh, from both of those guys. Hands are an issue at times. Uh, so both of those guys, intriguing skill set, but but there's some concerns about their ball capabilities. Uh, Grant Dubose is an interesting guy. I think he's got some an intriguing skill set. He'd be a guy that I'd be intrigued with somewhere in day three. Same thing with Demario Douglas out of Liberty. Uh, Justin Shorter, former you know five star recruit. Uh, his journey eventually getting him to Florida. I think he's an interesting round six, round seven type guy. He offers good size, good athleticism. Uh, so after the top 20 or so, I think there's some intriguing names there. Uh, but you start to see that it's really what you're looking for, right? Are you looking for the slot? Are you looking for a vertical slot, possession slot? Are you looking for an outside burner who can get deep? Are you looking for a more refined player who wins at the catch point? A guy like Dontavian Wicks or CJ Johnson or Justin Shorter. So it really is kind of what are you looking for when you get to round five, round six, round seven, where we're talking most of these guys are going to be coming off of the board. So there it is, guys, basically almost a year in the making, final 2023 draft rankings uh, in the books for this draft class. Hopefully you guys enjoyed me kind of talking through these prospects one final time prior to them getting drafted. Uh, We'll probably have another show or two before the draft. Uh, we'll, We'll see the logistics of it, but there might be, you know, like kind of projecting what might happen early in the draft in terms of the first couple rounds, maybe a My Guy episode, but I'll see, uh, you know, the logistics of what. But I wanted to get the ranking show out there, final rankings in the books. Uh, again, if you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website. SS Football is the fastest and easiest way to get there. Uh, for $9.99, you get access to all three of our premium notebooks. The final one, the Draft Projections Notebook, uh, just launched this past week. I went into detail in the beginning of the show. You get that. You get the Scouting Notebook, the Rankings Notebook, all for $9.99. is the best way to support the show and help us continue what we're doing. It is a great value. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and I look forward to next time. Taking you from Saturday to Sunday.